Welcome everyone, welcome to another episode of DM Talks, a podcast that aims to promote well-being and healing, whether that be physically, mentally or spiritually, ultimately we just want to be seen in our entirety and this podcast hopes to show listeners how multifaceted they are. We're all the centre of our own universe, so why don't we do more to better our own existence? Woo, jazz hands, yes. Hello everyone, this is the... First episode of 2012. Oh my goodness, I said it again, that's so funny. 2021, actually. (laughs) It's the new age of Aquarius. We are currently in Mercury retrograde, but potentially when this episode comes out, we might be out of it. And I am feeling light, I'm feeling happy. I'm really, really excited to be joined by an ethereal creature. I'm so excited to honestly talk to you because our DMC was amazing. So I know this episode is going to be 10-10. And yeah, I just want to welcome to the virtual stage, Danielle. Woo! Hey, thank you so much for inviting me. It's really good to be here. How are we? I'm really excited for what's going to come up. I'm feeling really good. Like, I, I feel like, yeah, in this moment in time, I feel really relaxed. I feel quite like excited it's titillated the word I like to google words when I've said them that I don't use often and just be like I do that often I feel like that would be the word if it's the right context (laughs) no honestly like I do that so often like there's about times where I'll say something on this podcast but then I've said it wrong and I'm like you know what you leave that in there I'll say it right next week (laughs) (laughs) it sounds like the word that it feels like is the right word for what I feel right now no, you know, no. Like, is this this kind of uh, this is the motion? So. Yeah, no, it's very like energetic, isn't it? It's like all the atoms are moving. Yeah. It's like pa, 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 pa. but um, yeah. yeah, no, I'm really excited for this episode. We had a lovely DMC. We had a lovely chat about the world, about reflection, and about sort of choosing ourselves. But well, actually, no. Before I get into the whole episode and talk about you know energy, root chakras, you know all that good stuff. Please, could you tell us a little bit about yourself? Um, yeah, just, um, yeah, what do you do and how you want to, I guess, what do you want to bring to this episode today? What do you want to bring to our energy source? Mm. Mm. Okay, yeah, I like it. It's a big, big question there, but I'll see if I can answer. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um, <laughs> I guess I could start with my name, which is, I should know, right? Yes. Um, yeah, so my name is Danielle. Um, I like to say my full name. I say full name. I like to say my full names that I'm comfortable sharing in public. There's some names that I hold that I don't like sharing in public, but I like to address myself fully and bring myself into the space. Amazing. So my name is Danielle Dizza Osajibbe Williams. And, um, yeah, Danielle, meaning God is my judge, and Dizza is my self-given name, divine, zigzag, zig, Allah, arm, leg, leg, arm, head. For me, that's very representative of my persona when I'm going to name what I'm, what the work that I do as um, kind of relating to spirituality, relating to knowledge, wisdom, understanding, relating to connection of the self, so moving from, from knowledge and wisdom to understanding, being of self, ourself as divine beings, and bringing that connection and understanding to everyone that I interact with of their own divinity within and their own knowledge of self. Um, I do this through the work that I do in terms of teaching, guiding, 
um, facilitation, but also, and counselling. I forgot to mention that big bit. I'm an integrative counsellor and, and uh, psychotherapist. And I'm also a movement artist. So I like to bring that in through kind of like dancing as well and facilitating workshops around movement meditation, getting people in touch with their body as this vessel that is holding them, mm. um, that provides a lot of uh, information that if you're in conversation with can help you to move through life uh, in hopefully with more wellness and p- inner peace. Amazing. That was honestly like, your your name is beautiful by the way. <laughs> and I'm so <laughs> excited to learn more about you. Like, I think like, I feel like I'm such an infectious, I always say this, in, um, infectious energy warning. Like if you see my Instagram, it'll be infectious energy warning. It's like in your face, quite loud, quite forward, quite, um, well, energetic as they say. But you make me like, you remind me, as you said, a movement um, artist, you remind me of how much I like to dance and how much I like to move. And it's funny because like, if you see these visuals today, I think both of us have just been like moving our hands or like preaching or like, I don't know, we're just doing something with our bodies because we're just, we're literally feeling it through spirit. And I love that. Um, Oh, I should probably put a disclaimer on this episode. We've had so many technical, technological differences or problems that if you watch the visuals today, you're going to see me here with two laptops. Just mind your business and keep on listening or keep on watching, you know, like it is what it is. Recording from home. <laughs> so I thought I should just let you guys know. Um, no, I'm actually really, really looking forward to understanding more stuff about the root chakra today and understanding how we can be nicer to our bodies and therefore to our spirits because we're all spiritual beings having a physical experience and i think the more that you the more that i've like sort of learned that concept the more that i can see my body my body as the temple that it is and i kind of want to like show that light to others you know and i think that's why it's just so great to have you on a podcast because we're doing that in sort of an accessible format that anyone can listen to. So I'm really happy. Yeah, I'm really excited too. And yeah, when, when you initially, so like Pierre, when we talk about root chakra, I guess for me, it's not like, it's not my lineage of practice. I want to acknowledge that first going forward, that mm-hmm. it's not like my lineage of practice. I don't have expertise in it. And mm. the way that I've actually come through sh- um, understanding of chakras has been somewhat diluted and through kind of an appropriative like new age spiritual lens mm-hmm. i want to acknowledge that and but also respect that it has helped me as well i mm. kind of want to name those complexities and those conflicting uh energies as they sit with me like when i do talk about chakra work because i i do openly talk about like my chakras and mm. yoga and things like that and but i also do also hold that feeling of oh gosh should I be talking about this I did it no I get that it is what it is this is the context I I just want to name that context from myself my context of how I sit with it and feel with it um and that my my also my knowledge of it I don't feel is is adequate but I do work with it Mm. with the knowledge and and things that I do have um because for example like you're talking about uh root chakra but I actually sacral has been coming to me Mm. quite a lot that's been uh, the the space that I've been wanting to really work with. I actually ordered some some waste beads recently to um, with uh, specific crystals for um, the sacral chakra. Beautiful. Um, and yeah, I feel like it's connected the kind of root and the sacral in terms of some of the energies. I feel like 
um, when I okay, so if I understand root chakra for me, that's about like our grounding, right? It's about yeah. kind of like security, what, like security. Yeah, yeah. What do we feel stable in? What do we feel resourced in? Um, but also lineage is what 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 I also think about when I think mm. about the roots. It's like what kind of is. Uh, like I think of ancestors as roots. Yes. You know? Yes. So even in dances, uh in, in, in traditional African dances, especially those that have been upheld in the Caribbean, a lot of the work is kind of like in connection with waking up the ground. Mm. Uh believing that the ancestors are uh are channel from the ground. So like when uh you do kind of like Kumina or Dinky Mini, things like that, a lot of it is kind of like there's the hip movement which again actually also that's where is that that's the root area yes, right? it's like yes. all, that, Honestly. all that movement is all kind of root area and then yeah also like the and then the feet movement as well like tapping into the ground and really kind of waking it up so yeah that's how i think about root chakra energy and rootedness and yeah um, Honestly, like working with the land as well, working mm, with like working the with the elements that are available to us and the elements, yeah, to to bring about what we need to feel safe, secure, and stable. Um, and again, that's like you said about working with the elements. Like my movement meditations, are yes. elemental movement meditations, is literally like working, building that awareness, like about how we can make use of what we have around us to support our liberty, to support our our wellness. Honestly, like everything that you just said, yes, <laughs> I love it because it just shows us, like me and you, like we're interested in this energy source and. I'm hoping that this will prompt other people's education or perspective or just how they sort of integrate this information into their lives. And yeah, I think that's all that we can ask for really. But without further ado, I want to take it to our first segment. And the first segment is called The Divine. And The Divine is where we shine a light on a good thing. And this week, what I want to nominate for The Divine are sound bolts, right? So fruit sound bowls, like you know, like Ooh. sound bowls, like tuning yeah. bowls. Ah, yeah, 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 yeah. Yes. So I have, I think, um, within spirituality or even within like energy releasing work, there's so many different ways of us to heal. Like people can use art therapy. People can go to counselling. People can go like there's so many different things that you can do in your intimate space at home or in an external space, right? Um, but sound vibrations and sound healing has been really comforting me over the past month. I think I've just gone on YouTube and found some really good like um, lower chakra um, sound tuning bowls I've just been listening to and I'll have that in the background whilst I'm like tidying up or cleaning or like doing whatever. Like it's actually quite nice because sometimes I'll have it whilst I'm doing like a physical cleaning activity. So it feels like I'm, well, yeah, releasing, clearing this dirt, this space and filling it with some new energy. And I find it really, really comforting to listen to, but also a really accessible thing that everyone can do. So I'm gonna nominate those um, sound bowls. I've got some great YouTube videos that I can put in the link as well. So that's my nomination. <laughs> do you have one? I saw you moving your hand. I actually, yeah, I was, um 
gifted one actually again this is another thing that I feel really complex about but I use it for my wellness I'm just yeah. like I feel like I don't have a right to it um, but I was gifted and I kind of like yeah I love working with it and it's been helping me because I believe this is a throat chakra one yeah and it's been helping me work more with my voice mm. and I start doing that kind of like my own humming chanting with it that just feels authentic to me and I do I do feel a difference I actually did it before the session just quickly just went around with it and just kind of like was doing my humming to open up my voice because I knew I would be using my voice today as yes. a vessel and I wanted it to be well tuned. <laughs> Honestly, like that oh it just it's so fitting, isn't it? It just shows you how everything's connected. I really, really appreciate those bowls and hopefully I'll be able to treat myself to one um soon because it's my birthday coming up. Um it's so powerful, <laughs> yes. Honestly, um what would you like to nominate for the divine? Oh, when you were talking about bowls, I was thinking, what would I nominate as a divine? And I think, for me, the theme of like forgiveness has been coming up a lot, and I guess it's more as a reflective process. And so, um, there's two practices that I've been engaging with as a way to do that. Mm-hmm. And um, one is the Hawaiian prayer, and I I, I don't want to slaughter the pronunciation too much, but I believe it's called Hopoponyo prayer of forgiveness. Okay. And. Um, there's also the loving kindness meditation practice. Yes. Um, I've heard of the latter. Yeah. So the uh, forgiveness prayer, Hapaponyo, is... Now I'm thinking of it, I'm like, I'm not sure I've got the order right, but it's basically, um, I'm sorry, I love you, please forgive me, thank you. Mm -hmm. And it's a prayer that you can uh, say to the the earth. The first time I came across this prayer, actually, I went to Five Rhythms, ecstatic dance practice. And um, that day I felt like I literally astral projected there. Like I felt like I was supposed to go there. I was like, it was around the time my nan passed and um, I was off work. I was just with my friend and I was saying to her, I think I should go today. Mm. But then I, I could also hear this voice of doubt, like, oh, I'm not sure, I'm not sure. But then as soon as I felt that doubt creep in, I literally felt myself viscerally, like energetically travel there. Mm. And I just felt the energy of being there and I knew, okay, I'm gonna go. And when I went, it was exactly that feeling that I felt in the morning when mm. I was feeling like, okay, you need to go there. So that day when you go to um, a five rhythms practice uh, they tend to have an altar set up uh, that kind of supports with the intention of the practice and um, it was around the time so my nan also passed around the time of uh, the fires in um, the Amazon okay. and there was a kind of massive and there was a yeah. kind of like global awareness of it happening yeah. this massive fire so there was kind of I was grieving on two levels I was gr- I felt like I was grieving the earth and grieving my grandma mm. and uh yeah so there was they had the prayer to the earth at that point and that prayer as a forgiveness prayer was also important for me because um i also had a complex actually relationship with my grandma actually if mm-hmm. i'm really honest um it was filled with love but it was also filled with a lot of hurt and so mm. also going to the root chakra mm. um and also for me connected to the sacral chakra is there's a lot of kind of childhood wounds and baggage mm. um, and experiences that uh, I'm still to unpack actually. Mm. And grief is the first kind of portal into being able to process those feelings and those things mm-hmm. and being really honest about it and how much is still left to do. Um, but yeah, kind of the, those practices around um, forgiveness for self, for earth, and also for those who. Um, 
did what they had available to them with the tools they had available mm. um, who have caused harm you know and the ways that I also have responded in a response to feeling harmed mm. you know it's kind of building that awareness that no one is perfect and um, we all try the best that we can mm. and it kind of their, their practices of building compassion and then going again to loving kindness it's also about that how do I build compassion for myself and others and the first time I actually heard the loving kindness practice mm-hmm. was on uh, the, I had the Liberate app and I really like that app, but I don't, I don't want to say I don't like paying for it. Um, when no. <laughs> I feel more resourced to pay for it, then I probably will pay for no, it. No, but again. I get it. I get it. Because it's like you, if you find an app, you like it, you want to use it and you want to like, you, because you, yeah. you, you use your phone every day. So I can use this app yeah. every day. That's how I see it. But then also you see it as like. Um, and add on to your money like that's not a necessity like you could be doing something so then it's a weird cycle with apps I I understand what you mean yeah and I think the thing that I found unfortunate about that app is that you become attached to one particular meditation or there's a few that you favourite and then all of a sudden those favourited ones are the ones that are locked because you have to be subscribed to Mm. access them and that loving uh, kindness one was one of those ones and it showed me a lot but I I just use it in my own way now when I do prayers in the morning Um, and it's really useful because the way you do that practice in the meditation itself is you you go through um, you go through it a few times just like um, may I be happy and healthy may I be free from inner and outer danger may I be filled with loving kindness and may I love and accept myself just as I am and you do that a few times and then you're guided to imagine different people so first mm-hmm. yourself and then uh you're a, a great teacher but when i picture a teacher i picture someone maybe like a challenging teacher so someone who teaches me lessons i don't want to see so it could be someone that i'm in conflict with for whatever reason and then you picture someone that you that when you see them you feel their unconditional love yeah often pick like one of my younger siblings when I see children I see Mm. this love and acceptance and and love beaming out of them towards me and then uh then you pick a stranger someone that like maybe you've seen them yeah shopkeeper down the street or a stranger that you bump into on your road or just you know someone's face that you saw once in your life um and then I think that's it and then you just go back to the practice again yeah um, and it's like you repeat it because you've got like your love varying at different stages with the in, well it's like I'm, I'm I, my love is infinite and I can give it to you but it's like you've got different people that resemble different stages of your relationships or love or or yourself in relationships and how you communicate that um, love and intention to others. So that's really, really powerful that it's worked for you. And I'm happy that like, you've been able to brace these, well, techniques. Mm. Yeah, and I think that especially important in times of deeper reflection or shadow work, uh, Mm. I would say. So when there's a, a deeper period of introspection happening if you feel like you're in a review especially a time like this mercury retrograde where uh, old relationships old dynamics that are maybe dying out or that are being put forward for review do i want to continue maneuvering like this in relationship coming up again Mm -hmm. then that often calls in for me um time to do do those deeper practices of like forgiveness meditations or um 
loving kindness but with the extra visual guide as mm. opposed to um where i would normally just do it and just say it as an affirmation mm. in a daily practice um and i think yeah that's it's really important in those moments because i think when we're doing that kind of deep introspective work then um compassion for ourselves but also for others can be far and few between it can kind of start to really mm. be strained and and it kind of does help you bring back to your to your heart space at least for myself no i love that no that's such a lovely nomination for the divine thank you and you gave us two you gave us two nominations so oh yeah brilliant Rebel. no no i love it it's new age of Aquarius, honey Tell them. <laughs> <laughs> um, amazing. Well, that means that it's next up for our next segment. Hi, guys. Welcome to Decoding the Messes. This is the part of the show where we unpack something that we consider mess, whether that be online or offline. And today we're talking about our lower chakras. And that would be the root chakra, the sacral chakra, and the solar plexus. I particularly want to talk about root just because that's something that I've been learning about more so recently. I was actually listening to the Higher Self, no, the Highest Self podcast by Sahara Rose. And it's quite funny because she, um, she associated the root chakra or she associated an unhealthy root chakra with um, the pandemic. She said that that's why you saw so many people in a big rush to buy toilet paper. They don't feel safe. And I find that really fitting because the root chakra is to do with stability, it's to do with survival, it's to do with your flight or flight response. And I find it like, well, we didn't feel, we're in a pandemic. We don't really feel safe in our bodies or we're safe, we, are cautious about the vulnerabilities to our bodies because it is a virus and Mm. yeah i think i think that kind of relates to how we sort of project our fears and project our worries onto the world because if we see our root chakra as like the bottom of our spine that's our base right if i'm not comforted in my base if i feel like my base is shaky or my foundation is um tainted or destructed it's going to influence all things upwards or it's going to influence how i portray or how i balance the other chakras like what do you think of that Mm. yeah i just the first thing that's coming to me is embodiment is so real and that's why, like, even though I trained in, um, like, talking therapy, like, psychotherapy and, and counselling, the embodiment stuff is so important to me and the somatic work and things like that because things manifest in behaviour and therapy does talk about that. It does talk about even CBT, cognitive behavioural therapy. Mm. It's, like, from a thought, it's, like, a um, behaviour and action and whatever from a situation, right? And so that is ve- that can very easily be applied what you're talking about with the toilet <laughs> the toilet paper as a very real manifestation embodied manifestation of instability and insecurity with ourselves and mm. fear and so I think it's really it's really interesting work um, and yeah I think I think about the root a lot in terms of um, like grounding work mm. and what would it mean for everyone to feel really grounded like what what does security and stability mean to to us on an individual personal level but also as a collective level because i think collectively 
there is so much insecurity, instability um, in our foundations, in how we understand ourselves, in how we understand. So many people are displaced from their um, ancestry. Mm. They've lost and severed connections to ancestry. And um, a lot of people are working hard to reclaim that. And it's like culture wide. And even, you know, globalization is a very popular thing and it has blessings that have come with it. But it also has um, caused severings of many like dying languages and things like that. And um, that is part of root, you know, the, mm. the security that we have in knowing where we've come from. Um, there's something also coming to me about. Um, I was listening to Iafan Layo's, um, one of her Ori meditations. This mm-hmm. is someone I follow on Instagram who is like amazing PhD, like so doctoral. Yes. Um, person intellectual also orisha of um sorry uh Ia priestess of um obatala and uh one of the things that they were saying about destiny and ori uh, ori being higher self um if you subscribe to this faith system of ifa and um destiny being a really important part of that understanding who you are your destiny what you're here to do on this earth uh, she was explaining that you have more than one destiny you have a personal destiny you have a ancestral destiny and you have a collective destiny. So that collective being community, the community that you feel um, that is tied to you. You know, everyone mm. has community or communities, plural, that they feel they have a responsibility to or that they are accounted to and accounted for by, accounted by, right? Mm-hmm. And I think of that in terms of that being root, you know, the, the, the places that you come from, the people that you feel connected to you. That's how we find safety as well as in belonging, right? Mm-hmm. We feel safety and security if we feel that family is good, that we feel that we've got our, our basic needs met. But like, if we, even if you go to Maslow's hierarchy of needs, it's like you've got the basic needs like food, shelter, physiological mm. things sorted out. And then at the top, you've got your actualization, which is about self. Mm. And I really find that connected um, in in all kind of different thought patterns, whether it be kind of like Western psychology and and science now backing it. Um, and yeah, and kind of thinking about root chakra um, as a kind of ancient healing system and knowledge, indigenous knowledge. Um, and yeah, and, and even if I, it would, it would explain it more in like kind of like destiny and alignment like are we in alignment as society probably not you just talked about that right if your base is not sorted Mm. then how is the upwards thing going to be in alignment if that is kind of shaky it's like if you were looking at a tree if the roots are kind of tilted to the side then the tree is also going to grow that way Mm. and maybe it can grow and adjust and adapt but maybe it then impedes on other trees in in the network as well instead of actually being able to flourish and allow other trees to flourish in the space that is around it you know i love that analogy that was brilliant (laughs) (laughs) so good um you said something earlier about um sort of the semantic um work right how does that look like to a person who goes to therapy so if i'm trying to Mm sort of well yeah I'll, I'll let you answer that question you said the somatic work specifically yeah so with the somatic work that's something that i want to get delve into even further now that i've qualified because mm. i qualified uh specifically around talking therapy 
And the closest that we got to somatics was uh, focusing as a technique of person-centered. Okay. Um, so that was a derivative of person-centered humanistic counseling that also looked at like, we need to get in touch with the body. We need to get in touch with sensation. Mm. Somatic work as I understand it and where I want to get deeper into it is awareness of the kind of neuroscience and understanding it's very trauma informed and aware of um, the fact that a lot of uh, trauma happens and occurs non-verbally. So it happens not on the left hemisphere, but in the right hemisphere, which is where creativity takes place. It's not verbal, it's where body language takes place, movement, emotion, all that stuff, mm. right? So it's not, it's not easy to translate to the left side. It's not easy to be communicated. And so how that um, manifests in my work with clients is taking awareness of not only my visceral response and reactions to what is um, occurring, what I'm hearing, um, do I feel do I feel paralyzed in what you're saying? Do I feel, uh, is my visceral response that I'm feeling and, and noticing um, kind of like I'm really upright in my chair that I don't, I feel quite on edge. Mm. Am I noticing that um, I'm irritable? Am I noticing that I'm really tired, that I'm, I'm wanting to pass out? Am I falling asleep almost? Am I fighting sleep? Mm. That is, I, that's how I work somatically and that leads into energy work. I'm very aware that I am a sensitive channel. Mm. Um, some people call it, Empath, I don't really relate to that. Uh, some people call it highly sensitive mm. person. I can relate to that. There's also, I've been getting into different uh, different systems of knowledge and frameworks of understanding it, but eventually they will say the same thing, which is that some people are very open channels mm. and they pick up uh, easily um, the presence of other. And so I work somatically in that way, using that as a gift. Um, to work with the client and what is being presenting by speaking on it so mm. checking my experience and if that is relating to their experience so I'm noticing when you say that I'm noticing this response in myself uh, of being frozen but then having said that um, we're also told and advised and it's very important to not bring ourselves in too much so I, I also do that tentatively once I've built up a relationship to be able to do that mm. Um, or I use that information without saying um, directly that that's happening. So I might say that, um, I might relate a word based on how I'm feeling. It's like, like if instead of saying the word that they were saying, I might say frozen mm -hmm. or something and then see how they respond to that. Like if that's how they identify with, um, or, or the word that's coming to me is frozen. And that, that word might come through um, a visceral feeling of me feeling frozen yes um but also going back to somatics also just on a really basic level watching and observing their body language yeah maybe i don't feel frozen but i can see the way that they're sitting yeah is kind of like really sharp and so i'm very like I, I use that space um because i think when you are quite open and receptive in big crowds and things in trying to pick up all the channels of information in a amongst them, a lot of people can be very overwhelming yeah but when you actually have the opportunity to channel it directly one-to-one -one, it's actually really easy to just tap in and to be present with that person and to feel the space to feel into yourself to root into yourself and to have energetic boundaries to know what's yours and what isn't and so and it, it makes it easier to work with and check in with your reality as well to check in and name your observations. I'm noticing that you do this. I'm noticing that you're doing this right now. When you said that, you said that, 
but your body was doing this. Could you tell me a bit more about that? What was happening mm-hmm. there? Sometimes it's nothing, or sometimes they're not comfortable to say yet. Yeah. Sometimes it takes time of, of trust building and things for them to say, actually, yeah, that that uh, dissonance between my body and what I was saying is something. Mm. Um, so that is another way. Another thing that I think I work somatically with is just kind of uh, the techniques that I use. So um, visualization, guided meditations, um, sometimes I do them with actual body movement. Yeah. So um, I've had a few sessions where to end, if it's felt very heavy, then I've said, let's do a embodied exercise that kind of represents leaving some of this energy here in the space. So it could be like kind of pulling from the ground and then stretching upwards and then dumping it and just kind of like do you have, throwing it in the room. Do you have videos of this on your Instagram? Or similar things? Oh, that's... Uh, yeah, kind of. That's my um, meditation, movement meditation. Oh, so amazing. Yeah. the element, so like if, if, if you kind of... For, for the element of air, for example, I'm kind of like, what do I symbolise when I think of air? I think about symbol. I think about freedom. I think about um, communication and but I also think about birds I love birds I have an affinity for birds in the sense of I feel very connected as to birds as a spiritual guide mm-hmm. and um yeah so when I'm I'm doing the air meditation to help me if I'm really feeling maybe anxious because also breath is also the lungs so I feel think of air and I think of the lungs as well but sometimes stillness in meditation doesn't work it doesn't feel safe it doesn't mm. feel safe for clients and even in my personal experience, it doesn't always feel safe. And I do like to be restless sometimes. And I, and it's like, how do and I channel that And that's okay. Oh. And still find, yeah, yeah. How can I channel that energy, right? And so that's where uh, kind of like embodied meditation and movement meditation has been a thing that has been forming for me oh. that I'm really interested in. But I love that. Like, how do I bring myself into the work I do? Yeah, so it would be just kind of like, okay so when i'm breathing do i vis- i can visualize my breath rising but instead of just imagining it in my mind's eye i could actually just do it with my body yeah so i could actually just lift up my hands and breathe in and then bring the air back down and just exhale and i think it's it's a really useful tool if you just feel like when you hold a lot of energy in the body yeah and just being still is not working it's like i'm still feeling it i still feel very restless it's like okay what is a comfortable movement that you could do right now that channel that channels and works with the sensation? Because that's that's what somatic work is as well. It's mm. part of that embodiment. It's like, okay, what is this feeling? How is it manifesting? Because it manifests in behaviour one way or another. Yes. It manifests internally as well in some of the... Um, for some people, I'm not going to say this is a one-size-fits-all, yeah. but at least definitely in my experience, I identify in this way that sometimes it manifests in very internal processes of some of the um, kind of like ailments or difficulties that I have um, sometimes like yeah kind of like learnt behaviours and responses Mm. and this also corresponds to the chakra as well Um, so kind of if you read into different chakras points and some of the energy stores or what can what can arise when it's imbalanced you may find like what you were saying about the toilet roll situation you might find very real manifestations of how something is how something can be symbolic of that dysregu- dysregulation um whether it be in you are a wordsmith how you're communicating you are a wordsmith honestly like and all of the things you're talking i'm just here like 
<laughs> Honestly, I'm yes, that please. That's so funny to hear because I feel like I just feel like. I'm coming to hear that and learn that and understand that because I had an aura reading and you know what? And she said something about your voice. She said, I don't know if it's that you can sing or what it is. And I was like, I wanted to be a singer when I was a child, but I can tell you now I can't sing. I could probably hum and chant <laughs> and that there's probably power in that yeah. like, if I was to get into spirit because I, I speak in tongues and things. So I know there is things with my voice. It may not be singing, at least commercially. I think, yeah, where maybe... I would have used my voice in ways that didn't, would not serve the collective necessarily if, if I was a singer. But I think, yeah, maybe it's coming through in this way that this is how I'm supposed to use my voice. But honestly, like, <laughs> you've, 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 you've described so many things with such ease and fluidity. It's made me really digest what you're talking about, especially when, you, when you're talking about the restlessness in the body. Like... As I said before earlier on this episode about this infectious energy warning, like sometimes it can be a blessing, but sometimes it can be a curse. Like I've got all this like pent up like frustration when I am, um, you know, when you feel like you're wired or you're kind of strained and you feel very fidgety. Mm. Like I'm one of those people, like ever since I was younger, like tapping my foot whilst being in school, like one of those people. And um, I as I've like sort of grown up trying to find what's the best way to sort of wind down, what's the best way to sort of um, fill, fill my own cup, I've realized how movement meditation is like so important. And like, I even, mm. I shared my views a couple months ago on, um, you know, the med I did an episode called Meditate to Elevate. And I spoke on why you would meditate, why you don't meditate, etc. And some people messaged me saying that um, they don't because of ADHD. And this led me mm. to um, just research some more things about what are the most, what, how can I adapt this practice to accommodate my ADHD? So not like me, well, I mean, I'm not sure yet. I still need to get tested, but I was like just doing more research for the collective, for the audience that I was serving. And it just made me realize how it really is about, again, following your own GPS, adapting the style, adapting the sort of communication for you so then you can integrate it more into your well-being. Because mm -hmm. I think, well, how long have you been like using dance or using movement as a practice to release? I think it's really powerful. Woof, that's a that's a powerful question in itself. I think <laughs> probably since probably since a child, if I'm honest, mm. like I've always been like when I was what I was saying when I was young, I wanted to be like a singer and dancing was part of that. I wanted to be a performing mm. singer, so like I was really obsessed with Aaliyah, and like Aaliyah was like the epitome of like just talent all round. Like, was it called Triple Threat? Yeah, she was acting, she was dancing, she was singing, she was doing all of it, and she was doing it well. Like, yeah. she had an angelic voice, and she was also she could move, like she could really move, and I was really, I was really into that. And I grew up uh, in the Caribbean. I grew up in Barbados, mm -hmm. and. Um, dancing is a big part of the culture there like you know we would be in PE we would have like dancing sessions and things like that so it was always there for me and um, when I came back over here it was actually difficult adjusting actually like um, because I think I'm learning again in my life that I do I am someone that likes to be 
in the move. I need a lot of rest and I need a lot of downtime, but I do like to be on the move. I like to be moving. I can be restless if not. And um, I would then, I did kind of retreat when I was back in the UK, but I would kind of be pretending to be in music videos. So I'd be creating routines and stuff. And dance is always something I come back to. Like I, um, yeah, I, would, I used to want to be, after I wanted to be a singer, I wanted to be a dancer and a choreographer. Hey, and same, kind of same. And I was like, yeah. But then something kind of shifted and I lost it. I kind of stopped dancing actively for like a couple of years. I was still doing performing arts, but I just kind of like went inside myself mm. a little bit. I kind of lost myself mm. and came became an emo and it felt not cool to be a dancing emo. But then... I was still dancing but like still not actively and then but slowly dance always it always finds me in one way or another oh like I, my first degree ended up like i found a few dancing societies and um i ended up write, writing about dancing in my dissertation i did a dissertation on twerking for psychology this is where we have to have cannons josh like this side like, pew, 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 pew. <laughs> Tell me about twerking in a dissertation because, like, I know you've just met me fairly recently, but honey, when we, like, my goal is to get Megan the Stallion's knees. Like, that's that's all I want yes. in life, you know. Like, <laughs> tell me about yeah, the dissertation. I actually want to be a dancehall queen. Like, I want to be a dancing queen. Like, I, I have a pole as well. Like, I just want to be able to do all the athletic but, gymnastic tricks. But that's in the world. so linked to sacral chakra again. Yeah, again, and it's funny because I've been I've been uh, unintentionally trying to heal my sacral chakra without realising it, but then it's been... There's some underlying unconscious things that are still there that have been coming out, and it's like, the signs have been there. It's like going back to the oracle card you pulled. The sign is there in your face. It's just, you've got to follow it, right? Oh. And so I have been... The thing about me and the thing about my relationship with spirit is spirit will always drip, drip and drab things to me. And I just follow the trails. I just follow the trails and it doesn't all make sense in one go. And then it starts to make sense. And then there's a point and a crossroad where I get to where it's like, okay, what are you going to do with this information now? Because you're being pushed. Sometimes there's a resistance as well. And it's like, I'm being pushed. The thing about me and my sacral energy and why I need to heal it. And this goes back to my dissertation about twerking. Mm -hmm. Is... In the culture that I grew up in, I grew up in Barbados, mm -hmm. and so there's a lot of um, conflict within self that develops as a result of growing up in a country where you you grew up seeing whining and walking up, yeah, um, a dance that has a taboo nature to it because it's seen as a sexualized dance. Mm -hmm. If you want to name it honestly, okay, yes, it is a it is a representation of that you can call it a sexualized dance. Mm -hmm. but there's also so many other things. People so say many that things. It's ancestral work. It's ancestral work and it's central work, you know? It's ritual. It's For me, I have a question that I want to further explore around um, how much of it is, and I guess this links to the sacral, is it an imbalance of sacral energy or is it about survival and resistance as a dance? I'm still here. I'm still here and also rebellion and an individuality. This dance, the, a lot of uh, the root and history of these similar dances around um, Africa and in the Caribbean were that they were one thing and they evolved into another thing. And the key thing that is between the change and the evolution is colonization and the, co the colonial gaze on those dances and then what they became as a result. So I was very interested when I was researching it and, and how much that impacted black women's perceptions um, I specifically was looking at the time, I understand with cis, cis women, but 
uh, is also very gendered. When we talk about dance, it's become a very gendered term in Western perspective and, and yes, very. Dance, which is why the gaze on women and in twerking has become such a thing because because men around the Caribbean and around Africa um, openly embrace winding their waist, shaking their bum, but it has become very gendered. It's become a very gendered notion and idea about what it means to to be sexual, and it, in order to um, create a sense of there is definitely an oppressive factor into it but going back to what I was saying I feel that within myself there is a lot of that creative and sacral energy exists Mm -hmm. um, but it's also blocked there's also like a repression a repressive process of like you're not supposed to do this this is bad and so like because basically I grew up with a mum who very Christian very traditional and like if we were at a party she would come and check to make sure we weren't dancing on anyone Mm -hmm. so there's a way that that kind of has impacted my expression or blocked my expression of like how safe I feel to fully let go because there's a desire for it there's like I want to jump into the spits and get into our heads down and shake (laughs) do you know what I mean (laughs) but it's also like no that's wrong that's not that's not ladylike or whatever that's awesome there and I'm still I'm still kind of like navigating and moving through that um, because actually it's funny I was recording myself dancing yesterday and I was just freestyling I was dancing to Scissor and um, I then it, I was just flowing but then it was also naturally becoming quite sensual in my movement yeah, yeah. my sensual my movement can tend to flow in that way naturally and the more I was following my internal GPS I was seeing the movement forming but I remember watching myself back and being like even the way I was feeling it, and I've seen people record me before and like one time someone was filming me in pole class and their hand was their hand was shaking as they were recording and I was thinking what, what is this like and I was watching the video back and I couldn't understand it but I was watching myself back in this in this video of myself and I was like yes damn like and it's like a lot <laughs> honestly I'm just so like this is just I'm living for it this conversation like I needed to have a conversation with you today because you had to reignite this sort of this thirst for life. It's funny that you say all this like sort of embodiment and like with the podcast that I just mentioned, the one by Sahara Rose, she literally finished his, mm. she finished the conversation with, there is power in our earth zoo. What would the world be like if women were fully emboldened, no, fully embodied, our own sex, our own body, our own movement? Like... Period. Period. Without fear, without fear, because I think about, yeah, literally, it's like, what would it be to really embody my natural? And I think one time a friend said it to me because I did a performance and I didn't tell anyone. And they were like, yeah, I'm, I'm a, I, so, and I said I was shy. And, and then they said, you know, yeah, sometimes I get really shy about my unabashed power as well. And I was like, damn. <laughs> oh, you're really, I felt the read there. And I was like, it's true though. And it's like. I love how your friend just slipped that one in there. That, that's all you need to do. Be like, oh, my unabashed power. And you're like, oh, dear. Oh, dear. <laughs> yeah. I was like, damn, it's true. And it's like. Yes, and and that's where I keep getting hints and and prods that you need to work on your sacral energy because when you don't, it can become imbalanced because there are things uh, in 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 the ways that I seek balance of it that are sometimes unbalanced. As yeah, well. there okay. are sometimes manifestations of it that can be. Yeah, like it's like that thing of overcompensating, right? When you're kind of yes. Um, 
understimulated or overstimulated in something it's not it's not good and sometimes mm. you might overstimulate the sacral trying to balance it out and it's like okay now the work is to really get to the root of what's happening there to really no for sure be able to find the balance of the expression and to be unabashed but to also know how to hold that power mm. so it doesn't become too dispersed and accessible at the same time you know one thing that um, i can like relate that i can sort of relate that to on like a physical level is like I'm like, I've been in therapy on and off for like years now. And one thing that's coming up that I realized is uh, this idea of like emotional hygiene and emotional development. I, in my past, maybe my teenage years used work as a um, distraction from um, things that were going on. So in regards to my career, in the start of my like sort of physical experience or material experience, people might think I'm doing bits because that's what they are seeing and that's what I have told myself. However, how is that little, how is 14 year old Sarah? You know, how is she being kept for? How is she being nurtured so that she develops into the mature um, 23 year old that she is now, you know? And like, you're talking about chakras, but I think in, well, that that was just my um, sort of, my two pence with like a physical sort of uh, manifestation of that. Mm, thank you. Yeah, it's 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 that really, isn't it? And I think I don't really think I have any much more to add on that. I feel like you just hit it on the head. You were just like boom. Well, just... well, I see. Um, we, I, I just love this chat. I love the way it's going. Um, you talked about your sacral. No, you, sorry, your um, sacral chakra. Do you have any tips or advice on helping um, people uplift their sacral chakra or like making it more balanced? Mm, Good question. The things that I'm currently working on, um, I I have an inner child reading book because that was recommended. I I had an aura reading and it kind of identified the things that I already knew that I weren't looking at, that I was avoiding, that kind of unconscious stuff. (laughs) The one that's like peeking on your shoulders, you're like, yeah, shadow work. Yeah, that kind of stuff. So I was like, okay. And then I was looking for an energy healer and I was, uh, I spoke to them and they said, it looks like an inner child reading would be advised for you to deal with the sacral stuff. Um, I associated inner child with the solar plexus. That's my understanding, but apparently also the sacral. But I guess, again, you were saying it's all the lower chakra. Yeah. So maybe they're all interconnected in that way. I when so I, um, I'm going to try be trying... Oh, sorry, I didn't interrupt, but um, you just remind me of something. We spoke about Leona Nicole Black earlier, who's an amazing tarot reader. Yes. Like, shout out to you, you're amazing. Um, I was yes, listening to... Yes, um, yes. I was listening to one of her tarot therapies, and she was saying... Oh, I can't remember exactly word for word, but she was saying how on a physical level, like our um, our, our like highest four chakras. So you have like, I think it's solar plexus, your heart chakra, your throat chakra, and oh wait, no, it's not the solar plexus. Solar plexus bottom. So these four, yeah, right. So these four can be fed on a physical level. These four can be. I feel like everybody who's watching the visuals are getting such a sight today. Like I'm just here, like touching myself. Like guys, 
these four chakras. <laughs> but um, let me get back into it. So basically, she was saying how like you have these four chakras like here, and you can do activities to feed those chakras, to balance those chakras. However, there's going to be deeper um, work necessary or uh, slash needed to feed the lower chakras, and how if you um help to assist and balance those then it will benefit all the chakras that move up so one Jeez. way of using the sound um so i mentioned the sound baths earlier that's one way of um helping a root chakra that could help with your solar plexus that could help with your sacral or even meditating in the earth or using the elements to um mm. I don't know, using the elements for reflection, you know? You mentioned how air was related to birds to you and that helped you sort of embrace your mind, embrace your sort of throat chakra because it's communication, isn't it? It's that translation of thought. And um, I find it really interesting how, like, the lower chakras are so, like, interconnected into, like, different parts of our lives, but it's not until we actually sit and really sit down with ourselves and reflect on ourselves. We can in see how much it influences us on like, well, a Honestly, on a level, it's mad. On a deep level. And there is something about like, the fact that they're in the lowest place. It's interesting that you said that they're, even though they're in the physical, that the higher ones are the ones that can be activated through doing physical things, mm. even though the ones that are considered the lower uh, chakras and then actually manifest very, um, like viscerally or like very in in material sense actually need the deeper work mm. it's kind of like a as a as above so below thing though right so the thing in the air needs the thing on the ground and the thing under the ground needs the thing in the air and it, that's why yeah so a lot of subliminal i'm working with a lot of like repatterning subliminal stuff so I, i'm doing more yoni mudras for example mm -hmm. and uh i look for specific like sac sacral chakra yoga practices um like core work and things um i would say subliminally my interest in pole was probably definitely linked to my lower um my lower chakras mm -hmm. in general yeah so i wouldn't have known that consciously at the time when i pursued it but definitely it's been feeding into that process of healing um i also listen to frequencies mm -hmm. i look for like um those human resonance and soul frigos mm -hmm. frequencies that are supposed to help uh the sacral chakra i ordered some waist beads as well um with some specific crystals mm -hmm. like citrine and beautiful amber or something to yes that's on their on its way oh amazing so i can do some kind of ritual work yes. as well some candle um petitioning and stuff and i've just been for me it's been about kind of like speaking kind of to my womb like um, i'm currently on my cycle mm -hmm. and i can tend to get really bad periods especially because i've I had them anyway, on and off, but then I mean, I would always have pain, but I would have every now and then I might get it really bad that I vomit and mm -hmm. um, oh bless you and things like that and like yeah so uh, it's become more frequent since having the coil mm -hmm. and um, it's it's just been a it's been a journey I think with my menstrual cycle and in a way I think sometimes you have these ailments that you kind of feel like they're just always going to be there so you don't think about doing anything about them and hearing about the sacral 
unconscious process and I think actually that was a subliminal shadow thing that Mm. I had told myself that you can't do anything about this and so had kind of like submitted to it submitted to the pain instead of actually being in conversation with my womb like what what do you want what's going on and so I'm trying to consciously speak kinder to my womb and so far you know I've still got a few days left on my cycle but um I have some discomfort but today I haven't got pain I've I've been on for a few days and I've I haven't really had pain when I have pain. I kind of start to rub my room instead and just kind of say like, I'm here, it's okay. Like, I hear you, I'm here. And that seems to be working so far. And also just doing the the mudras. And obviously I need to see how it goes. It's still quite early days, but I'm gonna intentionally just build a relationship of like, um, I think the first day I made the pact actually when I heard my aura reading and I cried and I just like laid down with my hands on my room and I said I'm really sorry I'm going to do better like I love you I I don't hate you I do love you and I want to do better and um yeah so that that has been a journey in itself I think that is it's going to be continual I don't think it's it's an over it never stops at all as with any healing yeah um and healing's not yes, linear. Those are big, big parts of it. <laughs> Honestly, like it's mad because I, like, there is a part of me that wishes that you knew me more to realise how much I needed to hear this. Like, <laughs> even before this episode, when I, me and my, um, me and Ten Ten Josh were setting up for today, we were talking about releasing um, relationships. We were talking about choosing ourselves, but in a very like intimate way of like knowing what your values are and sticking by them, sticking by your guns. And I think that's, it reminds me of what you said because it's that acceptance, but also that softness to yourself. It's that niceness to yourself. It's the, patience and you know that it's going to get better so you provide hope oh this has been amazing yeah (laughs) this has been so good yeah it really has honestly (laughs) i'm gonna have a smile from here to here and uh i'm this has been so beautiful i'm actually gonna end decoding the messes here because oh i honestly don't think i I don't think i can add any more my love oh it's amazing thank you so much this has been great are you excited to get a tarot reading I'm so excited because I was just about to say as well, I knew this would be this because I put when I pulled the cards, remember I got three of cups and when I got three of cups, I, I was like, oh my I God, yes. <laughs> Honestly, like you're going to see me. I'm going to be like, hey, how you doing? Like, oh my God, have you seen this reading? Like that is going to be me. I'm going to be like a really top fan now. But oh no, that's amazing. Um, so reflective and I'm just so... Yeah, I'm just really blessed today. I'm really, really happy to be here. So I'm just burning some Palo Santo because I want to clear this space of any unwanted energies, any self-limiting beliefs, any outdated thoughts, you know, and I want to clear it and I want to welcome new space. I want to welcome clarity. I want to welcome love. I want to repair all of this sort of well space and fill it with inspiration and kindness and softness and all that good warmth you know Mm. i'm just feeling into it as i'm listening to you and just kind of getting into the mode of like receiving i guess i'm getting into the feminine getting into the receptivity yeah Honestly, it's lovely. Have you had a thought of what you'd like your question to be? The question that is coming, and I hope it's not too vague, 
That's okay. Is what does spirit want to communicate with me right now? What does it want me to know right now that can only come through that I would only receive in this channel, <laughs> in this moment? <laughs> Amazing. So what would spirit like to communicate with me in this moment? I'm gonna mm. shuffle these cards and you just tell me when to stop, right? Can you okay. see me? Okay, so yeah, but you just I'm just gonna oh, feel for it. I'm gonna feel for of it. Of course. So, who am I to ask? Let me let me just shuffle. Let me shuffle. And be quiet. I'm a vessel. Mm. Yeah. Oh, what did you? Oh, never mind. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, I'm gonna pick out. Can I have one more card for advice? How do I communicate this? Yeah. Ah, wow. Wow, wow, wow. Okay, so. I'm excited. Oh. Normally oh. I'm scared when I see friends, you know, I'm like, oh my God, is it gonna shout at me? What are they There's gonna, a- not shout at me, but like, what are they gonna school me on that I haven't been listening on? Cause I used to have a nickname, Hard Ears, when I was little. So I was like, what are they gonna tell this Hard Ears person? <laughs> No, Spirit is so proud of you. Like, Spirit is showering you with abundance. They're showering you with fertility and they're showering you with creativity. Do you know why I say that? You got the Empress. Oh! You got the Empress as the first card. And this is number three. Um, the, no, is it the fourth? It's the fourth card of the major arcana, but it's numbered number three. And the Empress is known for her divine feminine energy. She's known for her abundance. She's known for um, being all encompassing. She's abstract. She's creative. She's direct and she's nurturing. She's an individual who protects, who heals, who cares, who mothers whether it's mothering for herself or mothering for others, she sort of, like, I like this image because there's just, can you see? I like this image because there's just so much going on. I'm using the Ride Away deck. And the one thing that I'm drawn to is this river at the back. You see like a river go behind her and then come right to the front. And that's like the free flow of emotions that's guiding you to your inner compass, you know? If I'm an empress and I'm sitting on my throne, I'm royal, I'm regal, I'm a baddie, you know? But I'm also embracing parts of me with no restrictions. And that's why water is so interlinked with the divine feminine or feminine energy. Um, Even all the nature in this card, it's opportunity. I think I said this in the DMC, it's an opportunity to feed with the nutrients, adapt the soil, see how this thing grows, you know? And in contrast with water, you just sort of accept the change and the flow. I like this card as well because it's just so flamboyant. It's so regal. She's sitting on like so many pillows and she's got um, um, a stone next to her that's in the shape of a heart. (laughs) Right? <laughs> Me sitting oh my on God. pillows with my blanket and my stones. <laughs> Venus ruled. <laughs> oh my God. Honestly, like, 
this reading is just so loud. You've got the, you've got this, um, I'm trying to, I don't know which camera to show it to you. Can you see this camera? Yeah. So you see this heart here? Yeah. It's gray because it's neutral. It's gray because it's like a state of conscious, but because she has the feminine symbol in this heart-shaped conscious, it means that their innate, no, their innate self-belief that's given to them from their sort of, that's given to them by encompassing your feminine attributes, by encompassing your um, delicate features, encompassing sort of your adaptability. Mm. You're Ooh, able to... That's another message um, that's been coming through a lot for me, adaptability. Do you know why I see it? Do you know why I see it? Because you've got the Three of Swords in reverse next. And the Three of Swords is another heart image. And in this image, it's raining. You said before, as, um, as above, so below. And rain is sort of a... Rain is an example of something that can connect us to the higher powers, you know? The clouds around the heart may suggest foggy, um, uh, foggy thoughts, um, or unclouded judgment, no, clouded judgment, or like a foggy perspective. But because it's in reversed, it suggests that someone is using the information of the intellect to, um, well, move forward, to push through, you know? Mm -hmm. I think the Three of Swords, it's a card that some people might be intimidated of because it's a heart piercing pain or it's a heart striking pain. But when you realise that room of pain or that space that you shared the pain in, that space that you shared that heartbreak or that devastation in can now be filled in with love and rejuvenation and sort of... Ooh, it's getting into it. I think the Three of Swords sort of stands for like hope and faith and using your intellect using that sort of the abstract number of oh my god i just realized double three as well you've got two threes here so this is a period of um it's like your foundation yeah but it's also like an abstract foundation it's also like um uh it's willingness to adapt a willingness to um sort of move like is it good here am i bad here like what do i like and that's the power of three it's sort of um well it's a trifecta isn't it i want to get one more card i've got oh my these god the fact that you um, said that word as well oh my god you're good <laughs> the fact that you use that word you don't know how mad that is i don't even know if i can say on camera like i can't like oh, really but a lot of these things are very like yeah it's a lot i'll tell you okay. off camera if you have time how yes. much this resonates and why like because I, I like to explain like yeah i think i know because i read for people as well and i like to i like for me it's helpful when people let me know like this resonated and this is why it resonated so i like to be able to also impart that wisdom to support you in in honing your intuition and trusting yourself as a vessel no it makes me feel so much like I honestly appreciate that so much because I think with tarot, there's so much to it. It's so subjective. So yeah. you're, I think like, 
Now I feel more affirmed, but like, I know in my earlier stages, I'd be like, oh wait, what about this? What, did I miss that out? Did I miss, of course you're gonna miss stuff out. It's bloody tarot, it's like a dictionary. Yeah. It's a dictionary. Yeah. Everybody has a different meaning. Everybody's interpretation is different. Yeah. And it's sort of, like you said, honing your intuition. Um, I wanna also use this deck. This is, have you ever heard of Pink Cat Daily? Who? Pink Cat Daily. So they've got a comic book on um, Instagram where they post like memes and they're amazing. I'd definitely recommend. Um, they're uh, Muslim, they're um, in America and honestly- Oh, Pink some of them... Cat, Pink Cat, yeah. sorry. Yeah, Pink Cat. yeah, Pink Cat, daily. Yeah, 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 I do follow them. <laughs> yeah, so I've got um, some tarot cards from them and I absolutely love them because the thing is, if you follow Pink Cat, Pink Cat doesn't chat shit. She's so direct, she's so forward and she's so like, like, we're gonna get this bag, but also look after yourself. But like, she's just really yeah. forward thinking. So I wanna get um, a card to clarify this message. So yeah, please can I have a card spirit? Ooh, wait, what one dropped? Tower. The tower. Ooh. Did you have one more from the Rider Waite as well? Was there a third one? Yeah. At the bottom of the deck was the lovers. Oh wait, can you see oh. that? And I think, like, to be fair, there is a part of me that wants to ask Spirit if this is projection, the tower card, just because I've been getting it a lot recently. However, I also think that with the tower, it stands for anything made on a shaky foundation will come down. So you need to make sure that your foundation is secure. These individuals from the tower, are they falling or are they flying? Is it a breakdown or is it a breakthrough? And using sort of the adaptability of knowing what works for you, making the choices for healing that will most benefit you is going to help you overcome this trial and tribulation. The lovers was at the bottom of the deck, right? And when it's when something I see it as the bottom of the deck, that's like a past energy, in it. That's like a past energy trying to like translate through, trying to push through um, into your reading. And the lovers stands for duality, and it stands for choices, and it stands for beliefs and values. So. What was your question? Your question was like, what do I need to know right, right now? Yeah. Okay. Well, one of the first things that we got was this is the sign that you're waiting for. So I want to bring that up because if there's anything that you've been sitting on, I think it's a definitely, it's a go ahead from spirit to do it. Um, maybe you're working with others because three, is a number for like group activity. Whenever I think of three, I think of like the three of pentacles or I think of like even the, the three of cups. The three of cups is a card that brought me and Danielle together, you know? So what do I need to know right now? To embrace your feminine attributes by dwelling in your creativity, feeding yourself up. So the tower, is the 16th card in the deck. You've got the lovers, which is number six, and you've got the three of swords and the three empress. So I'm seeing this, sorry, I keep on going back and forth, but the three of um, swords is to do with your mind, is to do with your intellect. How are your thoughts manifesting into your world? Maybe it's using 
you said earlier how you've been in, um, sort of enhancing your throat chakra and sort of like celebrate, not celebrating, but like you've just been strengthening it, really. This is a time for speaking your truth, but also, I think just, not just choosing yourself, but celebrating yourself. That's what I'm getting this card, getting this reading for. Because from our reading, not from our reading, from our DMC as well, this is the sign that you asked for, you know? You have permission to be your whole self. You have permission to be the empress that you are. Because the tower will remind you of what's important. So does the lovers. It's alignment of values. It's alignment of foundation. How does that There's a lot of you? air as well in this reading. I so just much air. Like, um, lovers, Gemini. Then you've got um, Empress is Venus, but I feel like it's associated more with Libra than it is Taurus. Yeah. And then no, you've you're got right. The Three of Swords as well. Another air sign. I don't know what Tower's correspondence is. Is that? I can't remember the the. Maybe that's a fire sign. To be fair, I actually just realised something really beautiful with this card is that the tower on top of... The, I'll let you zoom in, actually. In the tower, in the pink cat deck, um, there's a moon at the top of the tower, but it's like um, a rainbow is coming out of the tower and going into the pool of water. I'll see if I can... Did you skip that? If you can have a look, you see how there's a oh, rainbow wow. coming down and then it's in back into the pool. So it's like sort of feeding yourself up again. Because if you think, you've got you've got it sort of mimicking on both sides. You've got the Empress where it's coming behind her and going to her front. But then you've got the tower when it's coming from the moon to doubt as, ah, as above, so below. Yeah. There's also what you said, there's something about me for that card of like the crumbling of illusion. With because the tower. The ta yeah, the moon, just with the moon there. Because the moon is your inner world. Your, the moon is introspection, sort of following your own path. And the fact that the moon is sort of providing the pathway to the rainbow, providing that sort of space to dwell back into your emotions. Mm. I think it's following the right path. That felt very affirming, that reading. Very affirming. There's something, yeah, the, the whole, I think the overall take that I got from it is about um, staying in your integrity and in your truth. And, yes. and what you've said, standing true and tr uh, strong in what you've said. Because even though sometimes it can rub people off the wrong way it can cause um conflict it can cause disharmony but it allows for realignment of values actually and it allows for stronger foundations things have to fall to make room for things that are stronger and um in the specific some of the specific things that is pertaining to in my life that i can identify this to relate to it's like you have to let this thing crumble this un this existing system crumble to make room for something better to emerge and it can be feel destructive it can feel very hurtful for people that are not um anticipating it or you know the sharpness and the bluntness of the swords in the air right the the intellect you know um it can it can be hitting it can it can cause 
cause a lot of hitting and harm, but it's actually um, imperative. It's imperative for um, stepping in your own truth and your own power, and also for the the bettering of alignment of values with people, actually, for better relationships. And I like how you said relationships, the lovers, you know? It's like, this queen, this empress, is very comfortable being independent and sitting on their own, but that's also because she nurtures herself before she, it's like my cup runneth over, isn't it? It's like, I'm gonna give my excess to others because I know that that um, cycle will mean that my my, my needs are always met. And so that's what you learn if you come across the tower or the lovers, because it's an alignment of values. It's what you're going to stand for and what you're not. But there's a lot of hope and there's a lot of like... It's like, you know how sometimes there's like darkness or like there's sometimes like worry or eeriness in um, going things alone. This person doesn't mind, mind. This person doesn't matter. This person knows that they're an empress and they're just sitting on their chair. They're waiting for the things to come to them, you know? That was another little prompt that was has come around a lot. Um, I'm actually in a personal, I don't know if you know about numerology, but I'm in a personal one year. And, okay. Um, it also links to a reading that uh, it's important for me to allow things to come to me, allow opportunities to come to me, allow invitations, but also to, and, and also to be able to set up independently. And independence is very important for me. It's, it's just part mm-hmm. of my character, um, but yeah. also not, not at the expense of relationships and, and being able to delegate and collaborate. Oh my God, yeah, I think that's it. <laughs> yeah. That was honestly like such beautiful reading. Oh my god, I'm kind of shook. That was powerful. That was really powerful. It was very, very powerful. Thank very you, powerful. Spirit. Thank you so much. Let me just add some water to my altar. No, please do. Like, this is... Oh my god, honestly, you've given me so much, like, hope and so much, like, confidence in choosing myself. Like, throughout this conversation, but also throughout this reading, because it's like... Nothing in this life is coincidence, you know what I mean? Like, everything... Uh, we were brought to each other. It's that timeline. Mm. Mm-hmm. I think as well, you talked about numerology. I think I might be number five. As in your year is five or the year you're in now is five or... My life path pers- number. Your per- your number, personal number. My path number, you know, like my life path number. <laughs> this is, I just realised, like, if you're not a spiritual person, this might sound like so random to you, but basically everybody <laughs> has a number in their life. And I think mine is five, and that's like the ability to adapt and change and shift. A bit like a comedian. Yeah, independent like, as well. And yeah. it explains why you have so much Aries in your... Oh. The thing I love about all these these um, concepts and these systems is that they I'm very interested in. If I ever do a PhD, it pr- probably would be on that. Mm. I'm not supposed. To, I feel like do you know what? Anything that I'm meant to say will say, it, and anyone that plagiarizes anything, they can copy, but it won't be the same ah. as what I'm doing. So I can say it, it's fine. You have sorry, the source. You are things. the voice. Because sometimes like, I read things all the time that say don't speak things before you do them, and this, this, that. But I'm like, you know what? This particular thing is not that deep, and if someone does want to do it before me, let them. If anything, that will help it for when I'm time to do it. It will make my job easier. Do you know what I mean? So whatever. Thank but you if I, if I so ever much. Do, yeah, if I ever do a PhD one day, it probably or might be around systems of um, 
these different ways of understanding uh, self and how yeah. they link together. So like numerology, astrology. Because as soon as you said the life path five, I was like. But all those Aries placements, Aries being the sign of independence, like mm. leadership, everything. So for you to be five, change as well, spontaneity. It loves spontaneity, adventure. That's five energy. So for that to be, if that's really your number, and then you've got all that energy of um, Aries, it makes, it just, it, it syncs up well. It makes a lot of sense. Honestly, oh, this is this has been a glorious reading. Thank you so much. <laughs> I think we should take it to our last segment, which is yes. the direct message. Um, the direct message is a little take-home message for listeners. And yeah, what would you like to leave listeners with, Danielle? Oof. Okay, tap into self, tap into self, like tap into what is your inner wisdom, your inner knowledge, what is your nervous system, what is your gut telling you, what is it trying to say to you, what is it trying to communicate through spirit, through signs, you know, when you're not listening to inside, when is it sending you signs and synchronicities, that's my message, that's the take home, I think, listen. Listen to the song <laughs> deep in my heart. Exactly, listen to the song in your heart. Listen to it. <laughs> no, mate, I'm just, I'm, um, I'm, yeah. What you exactly what you said? I think my direct message. I think, well, yeah. To reaffirm what you said, I wanna really, really want everyone to take a look at their internal GPS into their internal clock that can motivate them to do the things that they want, to make them stand in their boundaries, to make them take no shit. Like, you're, you're here for a reason. You're divine for a reason. Use it. That's my, that's my direct message. Oh my God, Danielle! This is, like, I feel like we've just launched high into five, a whole man. new, virtual <laughs> high five. I feel like we've just launched into a whole new sort of phase of DM talks or like, because uh, this shit, you, you can't make this shit up. You cannot make this shit up. Energy never lies. Oh, amazing. Oh, beautiful. Yeah, great, honestly, amazing. such a great episode. Um, please, could you let listeners know where they can find you, what your socials are? Um, yeah, because I'm, I'm sure everybody wants to get into involved. Yeah, so uh, if you want to hit me up on Instagram, you can find me on this is Dream Roots. Uh, that is my open platform, uh, keeping up with my happenings. Um, I will have a website up and running in the next few months and I'll be seeing clients in May in case there's anyone who's like, oh, she sounds like she could be my counsellor, my therapist. I am a therapist, so hit me up in May. <laughs> Honestly, you, like... Oh. Honestly, I just, I just know that you're going to be so amazing because if this is, a, like, we've been talking for, what, like an hour, an hour and a half or so, just imagine having therapy with you. Ah, beauty, amazing, <laughs> honestly. It's gonna, you're changing the world. Thank you so much for coming onto this podcast. And thank you so much for everyone listening. I know we had a bit of a break during lockdown 3.0, but you know, like it is what it is. That's, that's all the good stuff. Um, you can find the podcast on all podcast stream, platform streaming platforms. But you can also, Find us on good good underscore media on Instagram. You can find us on dm.talks on Instagram. Um, rate us on Apple Podcasts because you know we're sick. Um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else that I have to say. I don't think so. But I've had a great episode. 
I've been your host, Sarah DM. And yeah, thanks so much for listening. I shall see you guys on the flip side. Peace. Bye.